0: Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. One of the very special things about dentistry, and especially with our guest today, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin, um, Beverly Hills Cosmetic Dentist, is the ability to really do some special effects in Hollywood, which we call dental effects. And Hollywood is known for special effects in terms of other things in the movie. But when it comes to dental effects, producers generally look to the expertise of Dr. Lawrence Rifkin, who has worked on hit movies such as The Hangover and even working with um, actor Lawrence Fishburne on the Nelson Mandela TV series in making and helping them really take on the role that they are expected to in Hollywood, in their acting, when it comes to working with the teeth. Dr. Rifkin, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show.
0: Well, thank you, Angela. It's always a pleasure to be here. I'm really enjoying the ability and the opportunity to share with your audience the kind of fun aspects and interesting aspects behind uh, dentistry today, in my experience.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'd love for you to, you know, for our listeners that are not familiar with you, just to give us a little background on you, and especially in terms of, of why Hollywood producers do reach out to you to help them, you know, really create these special dental effects in the movies.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'll try to summarize it uh, relatively quickly. I got 40 years plus of experience in cosmetic and reconstructive dentistry. I've been practicing in Beverly Hills for most of the... My career, uh, of course i've been a teacher uh, at universities. I love to uh, lecture internationally as well as locally. You know to me, teaching is also learning, and uh, i've also been able to publish and be creative and innovative in my years of experience i've had lots of uh, wonderful experiences with patients, both in the normal realm of of dentistry as well as in some of the people that I've been able to associate with both in uh, professional athletes, uh, celebrities in acting, modeling, and so on and so forth. Uh, probably because of my passion for sculpting, which I'm also a professional sculptor, uh, I've been able to apply artistic principles that I learned while I was in college, well before I was a dentist, and apply that to my cosmetic dentistry. And uh, even as we're going to be talking about today a little bit, the special effects aspect of Hollywood to complete the character of uh, of an actor by not only them having their makeup and wardrobe uh, affected by that, but also, of course, their teeth. So um, I've, been, I've been fortunate. I kind of got into it because of some of my patients who were uh, actors, celebrities, and they asked me if I could perform certain effects on them. And I said, sure, let's give it a try. So uh, I really enjoyed that process, too. This should be a real fun topic today.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, how does dental effects work when it comes to Hollywood movies? Um...
0: You well, know, are, are, they, are they
1: regular patients that come in and then you then they have the need in the show or just uh, the producers, you know, say, you know, this is what we want to do in this particular movie and how can you help us? How does that work?
0: Well, you know, it's uh, it's come from both directions. It's come from the actual actor themselves who had uh, letting me know about their a role that's coming up in an upcoming movie or some of the producers that, that are my patients and say, uh, you know, we've got this movie. Uh, coming up, uh, we want to produce this character. Uh, you know, a couple of examples, you've kind of mentioned that right away, uh, was Lawrence Fishburne and a couple of roles that he had done uh, for trying to portray Nelson Mandela and also one of the, the great uh, 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 characters and people in our world, Thurgood Marshall, a Supreme Court Justice, first black Supreme Court Justice, uh, other roles like in The Hangover. So it usually comes from the actor has an idea and they say, you know, my teeth don't look like this character. Can we make them look like that? So it comes in from both directions.
1: And and how did you first get mm-hmm. involved with doing dental effects? Was there kind of a pivotal moment that, you know, the, the first one that you did, um, or is it just kind of been something that has, has grown organically? Well, it's, I would say I, I didn't
0: go out uh, – seeking the opportunity to do special effects, although it is tremendously fun and rewarding. Uh, You know, being around for as long as I have and meeting lots of great patients and having a lot of actors and celebrities in my practice, athletes as well. You know, as a team dentist for the Los Angeles Lakers, I've had an opportunity to repair teeth that were either broken during athletic play or on a movie set. And so some of the actors uh, had repaired teeth or had had me uh, repair their teeth and i had the opportunity to go down to uh probably the movie set uh to uh, do an emergency repair of a tooth for an actress that was on i don't know if you remember the movie grumpy old Men. um that was that was a fun aspect uh, opportunity for me to go down and repair that funny backstory of that if you you don't mind me sharing that is at that time when i was trying to get on the movie set you know i'm I'm not an actor but at those in those days it's about probably 30 years ago, I looked a lot like Chuck Norris, and they thought I was Chuck Norris, and they thought I was joking when I said, no, I'm a dentist going on set to repair someone's teeth. And uh, I thought that was kind of hilarious. And, uh, you know, and I did know actually Chuck Norris earlier in my life when I took a karate for many years from him before he was an actor. He was a karate instructor. You know, he's a great martial artist. And then he went on to doing a Texas Ranger and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, that was sort of the first introduction. It was more repair rather than special effects. Uh, another uh, actor, and some of these actors, I can't really mention their names. Another one, the uh, movie Chain Reaction, uh, had fractured uh, teeth. And uh, I had to do an emergency repair to keep them going on the movie because they don't want to shut down the movie. They don't have to. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars per day to shoot. So you have to be available to do some emergency and, uh, you know, exceptional repairs for the purpose of, of the movie, just to, not even a special effects, but just to keep them looking like their own self. Of course, on the other hand, there's been uh, uh, different movies that I have worked on, such as The Hangover. Uh, if everybody remembers the movie The Hangover, the first one, Uh, my patient and uh, friend, Mr. Ed Helms, who's terrific. He allows me to to mention his name. He's put it online. So he had the idea, if you remember the character Stewie, who was actually one of the dentists of the, the quote, the four guys or five guys in in the wolf pack that were going out to Las Vegas to do a bachelor party. And they kind of accidentally had some drugs put in their drinks. And they went a little crazy one night. And Stewie, the dentist, actually the character was to pull his tooth out, one of his front teeth out as a dentist. And he thought that would be hilarious. So Ed came to me and said, hey, with his, uh, with his producer, how can we make my front teeth look like I actually pulled a tooth out? And I said, well, you can, you can black out the teeth. But we looked further into it, and he actually had, he doesn't mind me sharing this, he had a crown or a tooth, one of the front teeth uh, made on a dental implant. And if anybody understands a dental implant, you can screw a crown onto the implant, make it look like a totally natural tooth, uh, and it's really not a real tooth. It's actually a, a crown, an artificial tooth, uh, attached to an implant which goes into the gum tissue and bone. So I said, yeah, you know what we can do? We can actually remove that crown. We can put in some artificial gums to uh, close up the little space that's there. And during the movie, you'll have an actual missing tooth. So the you don't need to black out the tooth or do some funny CGI types of special effects. We'll, you'll actually have a missing tooth. But while you're not shooting on set, we had to make, obviously, these little removable appliances that replace a, a missing tooth just so he could be social during the few months while the movie was being shot. And so he looked social and normal during that time. And when the t- movie was over with, we replaced that crown on the implant with a real uh, crown uh, that he would look great again and and back to normal. So this was a great opportunity, sort of a creative idea between a collaboration of the three of us to see how we could make that happen. And, and it did. So if anybody watches the movie, when you see uh, Stewie or Ed Helm, Helm's uh, missing that tooth, he's actually missing that tooth. And uh, of course he's done uh, movies since then. So um, that was, that's one example, a fun example of actually doing some special effects, not just a repair. Uh, I have, you know a couple more uh, stories. Uh, one would be uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who you remember. Uh, he's a fantastic, fine actor. He's got he's a handsome man. He's got uh, natural gaps between his teeth, and that looks great. I'm I'm all for gaps. It goes with your character. Every face is unique and different. But in the roles that he was uh, taking on, such as I mentioned, Thurgood Marshall, uh, Supreme Court Justice, and also Nelson Mandela. Most recently, or last year, I believe he had a TV series called Madiba. Uh, he was shooting that in South Africa, and uh, he wanted to close the gap. So what we had done is we developed multiple sets of little overlay plastic teeth that fit and fill the gaps between his teeth. And in doing so, he actually started to look much more like Nelson Mandela. He also, the interesting thing about it is that it does, it can affect Uh, The speech pattern to some degree, because if you're used to having gaps between your teeth, your your tongue and mouth adapt to speaking with those gaps. If you fill those gaps in, it's another transformation. So it was really a lot of fun to have him. Sit here while we develop these and run through lines and develop his south african accent and talk like nelson mandela and see how it was affecting his phonetics and he adapted to it really quickly he's an amazing actor if you close your eyes and listen to him it's nelson mandela and he did the same thing with his one-man act of thurgood marshall who also had no spaces between his teeth so those are really fun opportunities for me to learn not only about the aesthetics and, and we looked at multiple photographs of these real life people who he portrayed and duplicate that aesthetically. So that it was pretty much as identical as possible, but also learning the process of how teeth affect, not only the aesthetics of your smile, but also the phonetics. You know, I've had many singers come into my practice over the years and we have to be extremely careful of how we do smile makeovers or fix a few teeth because that can affect their pitch and the way they, they speak. You know, I've had singers that was in Phantom of the Opera. I really can't mention the names again. Uh, I've had, uh, um, actually Becky G who's out there, uh, Cheryl Lloyd, um, uh, who else have I had? Gosh, I, it's hard to remember all of them because there's been so many over the years, but uh, someone from the Rolling Stones, someone from the Hot Red Chili Peppers, you know, these these people they need they need to be able to sing and not have their voice changed. They don't want to feel uncomfortable on stage so those are singers. Uh, I've had uh, TV show people, uh, let's say Tyranda Jones from uh, the movie or the TV show Empire. We did a segment on the doctors how she wanted to do a smile makeover to make herself uh, enhance her smile things that really bothered her so again as an actress and wanting to transform her smile we also had to work with the phonetics and that seemed to be no problem for her adapting to that we did a show on the on the doctors uh, another repair aspect uh, somewhat special effects because some treatments are very short term they can take one week or two weeks uh another one was on uh i don't know if you know the vanderpump rules tv series uh, that's an amazing show poor sheena she did we did a show on the doctor showing what could be done when someone takes a, has an accidental fall and she actually broke a few teeth and lost a front tooth and she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady, uh, aspiring not only actress but singer, and she was devastated with her smile because she had lost a front tooth. the lip was you know obviously swollen for a short time that wasn't the big problem that's healed quickly, but missing a tooth and then having to repair the other teeth and continue on the show which is almost a daily series. You can't take a break. You've got to be able to, you know, the show must go on. And so she wanted to continue her character without looking, you know, poorly. So we made some uh, temporary teeth. Uh, We went through a longer term uh, repair, reconstruction of both the bone and the gum tissue, and finally the teeth over a year's worth of treatment. And so she had to work confidently the entire time, you know, during treatment, during times of healing, and uh, that turned out to be quite nice. And, and again, as an actress and not wanting to look, uh, always want to look your best and not affect your speech, that was a fun uh, special effects kind of uh, opportunity for me. Um, you know, movies I've worked on, in, like Teen In, in action, terms of I'm the broken. phonetics
1: that you talk, uh, sure. I'm sorry, what was that?
0: No, um, no, no. no I, in terms know, of the phonetics that
1: well.
0: you. Go, go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: In terms of the phonetics that you talk about, um, you know, right. and the voice and the pitch, um, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you, um, because obviously, like you said, the tongue, the tongue is rolling against the back of the teeth. Um, is, is, is that something in the case of Lawrence Fishburne where he needs to learn to adapt his method of speech, or is it something in how you, you do the special effects so that it's an easy transition for him?
0: Well, it's a combination. That's
1: a really great question. You know,
0: um, you know, accents, actors learn accents, so they need to have a very highly educated tongue and palate to be able to enunciate words differently with different accents, even with their own natural teeth. When you add in the uh, changes anatomically of the teeth length or thickness, It affects the space for the tongue and how you enunciate, let's say, F sounds or S sounds. We call this sibilants or fricatives. You say the word 55 or 66. The tongue is affected by the shape and length and position of your front teeth uh, for the most part. And so we have to work with the temporary teeth when we design that to start to shape and, and control the contour and forms to make it the most comfortable transition for their tongue to adapt to that new shape. And uh, this is a process that's kind of a, I don't want to say trial and error, but we just continuously refine shapes of teeth so that they're in a very natural form and uh, the actor or person can readapt to that, that shape. So that's a temporary crown uh, is, is a huge part of, of our practice, both for the person that's you know, non-acting, but when we do a smile makeover, it can also affect someone's uh, uh, speech to some small degree. And we all adapt to that because over our lifetime, our teeth do change, they grow, they change position, and we can, uh, we can adapt to that. But when we do it rapidly, like in a smile makeover or a special effects situation, we have to work with the, the person, the patient, and, and make sure that our contours are uh, suitable for them. So that's, that's, uh, that's one of the methods in, uh, of refining what we design. It's a design aspect and working through it.
1: Now is there any um overlap in terms of uh, in terms of dental effects and special things you might build for a patient with a particular dental issue outside of home, um, you know outside um, of, of movies I I should mm-hmm. say
0: yeah well again um, to kind of summarize whether it's one tooth that needs to be uh, identically duplicated to the prior tooth uh, we work very hard as artisans and in and, and, and dentistry to work with my team to shape a tooth and color the tooth and make sure that it looks uh, undetectable, looks like a natural tooth. So from simple to okay. very complex reconstructions, you know, the, the process is, is a creative process. Uh, if it's a smile makeover, then we, you know, uh, you've heard on my prior shows that I really look at the entire face. Smile is a very important aspect of the face. It's a communication center, but it also should look natural and personalized to that individual patient. So, again, the process of design, starting with uh, photographs, computer imaging models, three-dimensional models, digital models, uh, creating wax sculptures of the new teeth that would be appropriate for that particular patient and the shape relative to their lips and face, that's all part of the normal design process. You know, the Hollywood experience with uh, being very particular, um, and as I always am anyway, but also understanding the impact on speech. That's all part of the design. It's not just about looks. It's health, it's function, it's chewing, it's speaking, and it's personalizing those teeth to make it look like that patient grew up with beautiful teeth genetically. And, again, they, they do relate to one another because all experiences are additive you know, and my experience being challenged to uh, do these repairs in short term and long term, uh, create new characters that have to be able to function and speak, has always helped me in my everyday practice with my patients who are, you know, just as important to me as any celebrity. So uh, there is a great crossover into those learning experiences.
1: Now, you know, I, what about in terms of like for for people in the modeling industry, Um you know mm-hmm. I understand, of course, you know as as a model on a you know there's a lot of um lighting, you know, whether it's bright lights, dimming lights mm-hmm. um and shadowing that light's a cause now i I do know in the kind of plastic surgery realm, under eye mm-hmm. shadowing and and other kind of you know deficits might be made more obvious when the lights are on. Is is there ever an instance in dentistry where perhaps shadowing of from lighting might make somebody with a perfect smile look like they have an imperfect smile and, and that's something you have to fix or can fix? You know, that's or a, is, is that not mm-hmm. an issue?
0: No, that's, a, that's a really great question. You know, I, I have a lot of uh, different cases and experiences. And you bring up one that, that, that I almost forgot. Uh, a patient came to me and uh and she had a beautiful smile, beautiful young lady actress, and her teeth weren't really bad. In real life, with normal lighting, her teeth are slightly crowded, slightly overlap, but not bad enough to really say, hey, you need a whole smile makeover. On the other hand, when she's acting every day with harsh studio side lighting, uh, and this is true for many of the models that I've worked on, it tends to create shadows in studio lighting that are not really there in normal ambient lighting. Normal daylight inside the house or office or a building, it's not as harsh as it is in the studio. So, with the harsh studio side lighting, it, with overlapping teeth, it can create uh, a shadow uh, on the tooth that's overlapping the adjacent one. And so, there are different methods of, of correcting this. Uh, oftentimes, it's simply a minor orthodontic movement, just simply moving a few teeth and getting them more straight and aligned eliminates that overlap. And I've done many cases like that where some minor orthodontics I perform myself, different types of treatments, removable appliances. It could be Invisalign-type appliances or standard you know, orthodontic historic appliances, uh, but they come in and out. And over a short period of time, sometimes in as little as 6 to 12 weeks, we can eliminate minor crowding and eliminate that, that shadowing effect. Um, other methods can be some direct bonding of, of filling in a tooth that might be a bit small and tucked back behind another tooth or with porcelain veneers. You know, sometimes just one veneer, or it could be more than that. It depends on the effect that we want to achieve. But it can eliminate, as you, as you beautifully identified, the, the difficulty sometimes with models and actors that are under this harsh studio lighting that creates the shadows. You know, lateral lighting, um, things that are not straight on, that would over, what's the word, overfill with light the patient's face in the scene or the set. You know, might not be not work well with their teeth if they're overlapped. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really good uh, example of uh, how special effects and understanding studio lighting um, can affect the teeth and how the person looks.
1: Now, let me ask you: Is uh, do you feel since you've you know, I mean, because you, you were talking about your length of time that you've actually been doing dental effects and all the way back to you know, many, many years ago, um, Mm -hmm. you know, before The Hangover and before these big kind of, you know, Nelson Mandela TV series, things that we know more recently. um, Would you say that your your kind of work in the Hollywood special effects industry, you know, from some time back, has had any kind of an impact on you with your kind of, you know, non-Hollywood actors? I mean, non-Hollywood patients, sorry, over the years, you know, has this changed anything in, in how you perform dentistry or has it given you perhaps an added element that, you know, perhaps a dentist who hasn't worked with, with in Hollywood in this way wouldn't, wouldn't kind of have mm-hmm. these secrets for um, disguising flaws or blemishes? Mm-hmm. Or, um, right.
0: How,
1: how would you say has it changed anything in the way you practice dentistry?
0: Well, um, another great question. I think that it has changed my practice because it's enabled me to gain some experience and knowledge in uh, a little bit more sensitive, challenging cases such as uh, making perfect duplication of teeth that have been fractured. It has made me obviously very sensitive to the additional concerns of phonetics and speech because the normal person doesn't always think about this. Maybe the the dentist that hasn't had a, a lot of experience and dealing with makeovers and their impact upon speech, uh, might not notice that right away and would have to work uh, subsequently to redevelop or reshape or redesign teeth that maybe have looked great but didn't function or uh, well for the patient or was a bit uncomfortable in their speech. So it has changed my, my protocol of how I design teeth. So I go through my, my system um, the, my system of aesthetic predictability and phonetic predictability by going through the important step of developing provisionals or what we call temporaries. So with every patient, we go through the same same protocol because I like predictability. I like patients to have the least amount of uh, uh, change and difficulty that's unfamiliar to them. And so with our temporaries, we can design before we commit to the final ceramic restorations in a very short time. The proper shape, and, and this has impacted my, my protocol for uh, predictability and keeping patients comfortable and happy throughout the, the entire, even short term process of uh, uh, correcting their teeth or correcting their smiles. So, you know, all those experiences really, uh, if I think about it, and you've brought it up to me now, I didn't really realize it, have uh, added to my knowledge base and my experience to be able to anticipate. Potential problems with my my normal non Hollywood patients, and uh, make that their treatment a little bit more predictable and uh, more fun for them as well.
1: And then and then I guess you know we have about five minutes left on the show here, Doctor Rifkin. Um, and I know you can't reveal names and secrets and different things, but is there anything on the horizon we should be looking for where your dental effects skills um, are being used? Is there anything new in the in the making? Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, it's another it's another show, Angela. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes there is. <laughs> okay. Not only on the horizon, but but we're working with uh, very innovative combinations of treatment and and predictability. Now that we have different types of uh, scanners that not only scan the skeletal system um, and scan the surface of the face, and we can get three-dimensional. Uh, Measurable, accurately measurable models of patients' face and teeth. Uh, I think you or your audience may know that I sculpt and I sculpt from the inside out. I I build a skeleton before I put the muscles on and before I put the skin that drapes over that. We have to look from the inside out. So with that, the benefit of technology today with three-dimensional skeletal scanners, that also adding to three-dimensional surface scanners, which are multiple cameras in a rotational standpoint that you can actually look at the patient inside out. You can look at their skeletal system and and fade in and fade out the outside surface contour. So what does that help us do? That actually helps us predict if we change the, the teeth position, what would that affect on their smile or their lips? So in designing teeth, we can actually, to a small degree, predict a facial change with some of the dental changes that we might uh, consider, whether it's just veneers or it could be orthodontics or even some jaw surgeries in rare cases where patients have some sort of skeletal deformity. So on the horizon, all of these technologies will help me and are doing this already uh, work with uh, my dental technicians for facial aesthetics as well as my other specialists in the medical community of plastic surgery. So we can take a patient and look at them from the inside out, make these changes both dental-wise and on the surface skin changes, whether it ends up being enhancement of lips by injectables, whether it's a facelift surgery. Any of these things can now start to be built in, just like you're building, I hate to say it, an automobile from the ground up. Look at the skeletal system, look at the teeth, look at the lips and the soft tissue draping, and look at the surface and see how we can improve a patient's function and health and beauty all at the same time with the new technologies. You know, the the, the principles don't change. You know, the, the aesthetic goals may not change. But how we get there is just a matter of continuous learning and technology. And all of these tools that we have are just meant to enhance our ability to do this more efficiently, more effectively, and more predictably. So that's not only on the horizon. It will improve. It will continuously improve. But it's already here today. So it's it's amazing. It's just so much fun. I I hope I get to practice another 100 years. I don't know if that will happen. but <laughs> well,
1: both, right? I'm sure you will. <laughs> you're, one of
0: the, you're one of the healthiest
1: men I know, so I'm pretty sure you'll no, still be around. You. Well, Dr. Ripkin, it's just an amazing show, and your work is obviously phenomenal, and um, again, as seen in, in the movies like The Hangover or the Nelson Mandela TV series and many, many, many of the others that you mentioned also. Um, for our listeners who would like to get in touch with you, Dr. Ripkin, what is the best way for them to reach you? Is there a phone number or a website? Um, oh, how sure. would how they reach you?
0: Well, they can uh, call directly my office at uh, area code three one zero two seven three zero two zero zero. They can speak to any one of my staff. They're incredibly uh, nurturing, loving, helpful staff. They're very well qualified. They're the top professionals. I couldn't work without them. They're amazing. Uh, my website is uh, everything starts with www. As everyone knows, it's uh, drlawrencerifkin.com. So. DR Lawrence Rifkin is D. R. L. A. U. R. E. N. C. E. R. I. F. Like Frank K. I. N. com, and there's also my other website called suite 1200com It's S. U. I. T. E. one two zero zero dot And if they're interested in looking at my sculptures, they can see my sculptures on RifkinSculpture.com. It's like my last name R. I. F. is in Frank K. I. N. Sculpture S. C. U. L P T U R E dot com, all one one word, so to speak, and that would be some of the best ways to get uh, in touch with me. You can also follow me on my my social media on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, and Facebook, all usually under Doctor Lawrence Rifkin. So those are the, probably the best ways. Give me a shout out. You know, we right. can always do well, a, if, if anybody's interested. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Hello.
1: Absolutely, well, Dr. Rifkin, Thank you so much for being on Anesthetic Canada Radio. As always, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, and I can't wait for the next time.
0: Me too. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this uh, particular topic because it gives a little bit more than just uh, you know the technology and and uh, interesting points about normal dentistry. It gives a little bit of you know stories and then my experiences, which have you know added to my joy in what I do and my passion. So thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak with you and your audience again, Angela. I appreciate it.
1: You're absolutely welcome. Have a great day.
0: All right, you too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everyone.